And hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Conquest Chronicles. This is Matthew here, along with Dina, and we've got a, quite a few to get to today. Um, got some some updates from USC spring practice from the second week of spring practice. Also have um, we also have a couple of recruiting updates as well. But we're gonna go ahead. We're gonna dive right into it. Dina, how are we doing today? Pretty good. What about you? Doing pretty good. I've uh, been checking out some of these NCAA tournament games and um, got to say it's been pretty interesting. That's for sure. Uh, and so far, my bracket's doing pretty good. I mean, I'm at 88% in my bracket. My Sweet 16 is not all, but I think I only have one team that's not in the Sweet 16, I believe. Who's that one? Um, excuse me. Um, New Mexico State. Mm. I don't know why I picked New Mexico State to go to Sweet 16, but. <laughs> yeah, I just guess. I don't know mine. I don't even know anything. So, yeah, I, that's where it was, and so. That's where it was and everything. We got but, some interesting, well, not interesting, it's concerning spring ball news. Talano Hufanga re-injured himself. Yeah, he, um, so, so as everyone, um, don't realize that, um, USC had their scrimmage on, uh, Saturday. USC went through their spring scrimmage on Saturday, and, um, I think this was their first live scrimmage that they've had, uh, and... Talanoa Hufunga got tangled up with one of the receivers and uh, fell on his collarbone. Um, it's it, it's the same collarbone that he injured during the uh, during the season. Um, I think it was what the last play of the ASU game where he got injured, and the and the and the loss against ASU was where no, he got it was, injured. I thought it was pretty early. I thought it was like that was the last play. I don't think was it. It could have been early. I, I, it was either early or it was around that time. I think it was like, I feel like it was like after halftime. Yeah, I think it was after halftime. But I don't think it was that that close to the end of the game. But uh, it doesn't really matter anyway. But yeah, but he, um, he nicked up his, his collarbone, um, the same one that he injured. Um, one of the recruits asked CJ Pollard if he was okay. Tell, uh, and they said, you know, it was his, his collarbone that he injured, but he's okay. Um, but as far as we know, if they're going to ma- monitor the situation, just yeah, the precaution for, for spring. Yeah, they took him out for spring. Uh, and just, I, to, just because the depth issues there. And so I he think, won't be doing spring practice anymore. Yeah, and I think that's fair, too, given the fact that it, it, it's only spring ball, so it's not like they got to do anything new or anything like that. It's not like any. Um, it, it's not like. I'm any, sorry, sorry. He's not. He's not out for spring. Oh, I read oh, that wrong. They didn't. They didn't shut him down for spring. No, hell no. It wouldn't. It wouldn't shock me if they shut him down yeah. for spring, or they, or if not, they put him in a yellow non-contact jersey. I think that would be the uh, the next. Well, thing. yeah, he was already in the yellow non-contact. So, so I think that's what they'll uh, they'll end up doing, and they'll put him in a 
it is probably they'll they'll monitor the situation but he's but it, it, seeing he's not out for spring they'll see um they'll see what goes on uh other than that i mean uh still don't know why keaton wh- slovis is not practiced for the third time yeah he has an undisclosed he, it, for whatever reason he hasn't he hasn't dressed out the whole week i don't know why they wouldn't disclose it it's not like he's a starting quarterback no, but I I think it's undisclosed because nobody is reporting why he's injured or what he injured or what's going on. I do know um, that there was a flu going around campus. There's been a flu that's been going around campus. Stephen a- Carr and Malpe, I had the flu. Yeah, they, they had the flu and they were out. Um, Trevor Trout is out for the spring. with <laughs> a uh, torn bicep. He had surgery on it. So I think... His return time is around fall ball, maybe, is what the timetable could be. Um, that That's what it's looking like. That's honestly what I, I think it's looking like. Um, yeah, the, the, so, guys who are, the guys who are out are Slovis, Amater Bebe, um, still with the hip hip injury. Uh, Clayton Bradley, so, O-line. Tony Lalapupu is out, is out as well. He didn't dress out. Another undisclosed is Gino Quinones, freshman O-line. Um, Elijah Griffin's out with the shoulder, Tremblay back, Trout, Bicep, Pollard with his foot, and then Chase McGrath with his knee. Right. I mean, there's a lot of injuries around the spring. It's either a lot of injuries or the guys are banged up. And, and you tend to get guys nicked up or banged up. Tends to happen. But... I think with spring, it's just that, and they're doing a lot of live hitting now, which is good. It's a lot of live hitting, and it's actually it's really good that they're starting to do a lot of hitting now because that was a lot of the issues on defense was the missed tackles or the mm-hmm. lack of tackling in practice, with especially when they had the bodies to do so. So I mean, they're they're getting guys now. So yeah, um, Jason Rodriguez's dad, Scott. He um, tweeted that he was at this last practice, and he said um, that this year is complete a completely different vibe than last year's practices. He said they were faster pace, instant up and downs for mistakes. Um, there's cracking hits, visual competition. So there's a difference. There's a change. Right. And, and, and I think that has to do with coaching, actually. I think it has to do with a lot of coaching. Oh, for sure, yeah. And, and we've talked about that, you know. And we've talked about that. We, we, I think that was one of the things we mentioned is that with coaching, you get a lot of new, um, you get a lot of new faces. You get a lot of new everything, you know. You get you get a lot of new everything, and that's what helps it. That that what helps things there, you know. Yeah, we're you know you get new faces, you get new uh you know new different voices and everything who actually start coaching, who actually get the coaching done, and then everything's fine. You know, it's like oh look, everything's right in the world. You know what I mean? And so I think that's what why practice is so it, it's so different. It's a different feel. It's it's more competition everybody's on alert there's a sense of urgency but also i think what you're starting to hear and you can see hear it from the players is 
we're tired of you guys writing us off mm-hmm. because of the five and seven season. Granted, the five and seven season, a lot happened. There's a lot that went down with the five and seven season. And I think the players feel responsible for it. But I think the players are tired of hearing about Helton's job being questioned. The player, you know, do they care at USC? They're tired of all the bad things that's being said about USC and about this program. And the players are going, look, we're about to show you guys, you know, we mean business. We're tired of hearing this. We want to prove we want to prove you guys wrong. I think they want to prove everybody wrong. Yeah, especially, I mean, I've seen tweets from players that say exactly that. And, and I mean, can you blame them? Honestly, can you? No, I'd be mad too. Like, that's my thing is, and honestly, I feel that way. I don't even play. And I feel that way. You know, I'm like, you know what? I'm tired. I'm tired of people writing off USC. Granted, the criticism we give USC is fair. It, it, it is it is honestly fair, just like the criticism of Helton is fair. Because after this past season, I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, it's fair. You start to question a lot of things. It, it is fair criticism. But at the same time, with the role he's taking on, I think it helps USC. Now, we have to see what the discipline is going to look like because discipline was an issue for the team. We got to see what game planning looks like because it's something new. Granted, there's a lot of questions. It's fair. Right. But it's not fair to say, oh, yeah, this team, they're not going to be Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not fair to say South. exactly, exactly. Be- because if we honestly, let's realistically look at it, okay? UCLA went three and nine. UCLA went three and nine, right? They and granted USC lost to UCLA, but UCLA went three and nine. There's a lot of questions with UCLA. Oh, uh, Colorado, we don't know what to expect with Mel Tucker there. We don't know what we're gonna see with them. You know, they granted that most their offense should be completely deadly because Chenault Jr. comes back and um and Montz comes back. Montez. So, or Montez comes back. So, I mean, so there's Colorado. Utah is replacing a lot of people on defense, but they're going to be good. Granted, and this is the Pac-12 South we're talking about. Arizona State is going to be improved, but they're replacing a quarterback and a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. So, Although Jaden Daniels is coming in. Yeah, and that's the thing. Jaden Daniels is, is, is at quarterback at ASU, should start for mm-hmm. ASU. So that's four teams right there. We don't know what to expect from Arizona. Granted, Arizona had a down season, but Khalil Tate's coming back. He's in year two of that offense now. You know, Khalil Tate comes back. So the Pac-12 South is basically the same as what it was last year. Even when USC was blowing games, USC was not out of it by any stretch imaginary. It took USC to lose for USC to be out of the Pac-12 South race. Mm -hmm. Because USC, granted... Despite them losing to Arizona State, despite Utah, or despite Utah and Arizona State, and despite USC losing those two games, USC was still in it. And we had that conversation. We had that conversation. Yeah, they just shot themselves in the foot. Exactly. If they would have executed, they could have won the Pac-12 South. 
maybe so, the Pac-12. Definitely the Pac-12 because Washington wasn't well, – should not have. USC, I'm not saying they could win the Pac-12 because you still have Washington, Oregon, Stanford, Washington. Washington's State. replacing Jake Browning. Not that that's a big deal because but they all that to begin with. But they, but have, they have a transfer. In. They have right. a, they have a, a transfer Eason coming Georgia. in. They got a transfer coming in who apparently is could be, and from what I've seen in, in future mock drafts, could be a first-round pick. You know? Um, Oregon brings back Georgia. Uh, uh, Oregon <laughs> brings back Herbert. Despite mm-hmm. what we think about Justin Herbert, he's still a good quarterback. He's still one of the best quarterbacks in the Pac-12. And they he, got a good recruiting class. Exactly. They just brought in an outstanding recruiting class. Oh, by the way, USC plays Oregon and Washington this season. So, I mean, I'm not going to say the Pac-12 is within reach, but USC could win the Pac-12 South in eight, and win eight games. I don't think To be honest, USC should be winning games. the Pac-12 South every year. Yeah, they should. He, the that, only really, the a, only really that, teams that could contend right there with them is Utah. But look how long it took Utah to win. True. Utah, in all honesty, Utah didn't win the South for how long? This oh, the first. Because it was always USC. It wasn't like it was somebody else. Well, I mean, it's not. It's not just that, but let, we have to look at the teams who won the Pac-12 South. I mean, Arizona won the Pac-12 South. Arizona State won the Pac-12 South. Mind you, the one year when the, when the Pac-12 split, when we went to conference expansion, USC technically did win the South. It wasn't recognized because of sanctions, but 2011, USC was the leader in the South. USC did win the South. USC only lost one game in division, and that was to Arizona State early in the season. But ASU was a much different team early in the season than they were late in the season. Mm-hmm. USC was by far the best team in conference. I don't care what anyone says. In 2011, USC was the best team in the conference. Of course, yeah, of course. Maybe even the best one of the best teams in the they were one of the know, best teams even... they were one of the best teams in the nation right i mean yeah okay granted everyone can say stanford they lost to stanford but it took triple overtime for them to beat stanford or for for stanford to to win that game they beat oregon at oregon if they didn't get if they had the depth at the time they did and didn't get tired towards the end, they would have blown the doors out for Oregon. They blew out the team who went to the Pac-12 title game in UCLA. The only reason they went was because USC couldn't go. Right. And then, granted, UCLA had that year where they won the Pac-12 South because they beat USC and USC imploded. I think there were two years, two straight years they ended up going. And they beat USC to get there. So realistically, yes, but USC's always been in the situation of of 
you know, they've they've either shot themselves in the foot or the other team was just better. I think there were one, there was one two years where the other team was just better. Three actually. There was three years where the other team was just flat out better. UCLA, the two years they beat them, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, UCLA, the two years they beat them, and Arizona State. Those were the only two years. Mm-hmm. So, but it's fair. USC should win the Pac-12 South every year. This year, they should have won the Pac-12 South. You know. Last year, they won the Pac-12 South, but they should have won that. Two years ago, the year they went to the Rose Bowl, should have won the Pac-12 South. But that game against Utah jacked it up. Mm -hmm. I'm not even going to say Stanford because that just happened. (coughs) So either way we can look at it, USC should have won the South, but... Getting back to spring ball, um, I, I mean, they installed the offense already. They they installed the offense, which it was simple. And I think that, that was talked about was just keeping everything simple. Keep everything simple. No need to reinvent the wheel. All of that. And th- I think, what, only nine plays were installed? They only in- installed nine plays, and that was that. And I think the offense is moving a lot more quicker now from what I've been reading. The offense is more, let's go, let's go. Even during the scrimmage. Yeah, their tempo, they're doing up-tempo. So, even, yeah. during the, even during the scrimmage, like, Helton, Helton was saying, stop celebrating plays because yeah. we don't have time to do that. So, I mean, what, do you, what are your thoughts about the offense and the tempo that, that, uh, that expected to be played? Yeah, I like up tempo. I like when USC runs up tempo. I think it it um, I don't know if it negates a lot a lot of the penalties because it could go either way with up tempo. You're not you're not getting set right, but um, on the other hand, it creates less time for for the offense to overthink. So I like up tempo. I I, I like it too. And someone asked uh, Shotgun, because uh, we were retweeting what his updates from camp, but somebody asked Shotgun, is it going to be Oregon-like? And, and to be honest with you, no team, we the Oregon tempo is not going to be replicated, nor it can be ran like that again because of the substitution rules now. Mm-hmm. With right. the substitution rules, with the substitution rules, it's different. Everything's different now. You can't, you know, you can't run it at that tempo because Oregon was running under under Chip Kelly the first two years. Oregon was running it at a ridiculous tempo. Mm-hmm. Like, and the thing is, you had to you had to scheme against that in a one week notice. You know, you had a week to to game plan against that, and it's hard to game plan against that speed because Oregon actually practices faster in practice. <laughs> so. But I think they'll be they'll be up tempo. Um, they're gonna run it differently. It's gonna be they're gonna. I think USC is gonna do something where it's hard to game plan against, and that's what many people are asking them. But it's simple. It's letting the kids go out and play. It's just playing ball. Yeah, total 
total 180 from last year because I feel like last year USC was very easy to game plan against because they weren't changing anything. Exactly. And I think that's the huge thing, too, that 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 that's the huge thing, too, as well. Um, but uh, they like I said, we'll see what happens comes. Um, we'll see what happens comes the rest of spring practice. I mean, you still have the spring game coming up or the spring showcase uh, that's still coming up. So we'll, we just have to wait and see. But it's a lot of positive coming out of coming out of USC spring camp and it just makes you excited to see what happens comes the fall, you know, so I, I, I'm excited to see it. I've been hearing good things about it. So, you know, we, we just got to wait and see what happens. Um, going into the recruiting front. And again, it's only like two things we, we, that, that the touch on right now, um, going into the recruiting front, uh, USC got, grabbed the commitment of a four-star wide receiver out of Narbonne High School and Joshua Jackson Jr. Um, he is ranked he is ranked number 28th in the nation at um, in the 2020 class at wide receiver, ranked 57th overall as a wide receiver. Um, this is pretty much at he's six two, 185 pounds. I think this is a good pickup for USC. Granted that given the fact that USC needs to stock up on wide receiver depth, especially after the amount of misses they had. Yeah, um, and the amount of transfers. Um, and especially with Tyler Bonds and Pittman, they're draft eligible too. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, Dina, the transfers played a huge factor. So this is a, this is, it's a good pickup for USC a very nice pickup for USC. I I absolutely enjoy it. Last uh, year, last year he had 50 receptions in nine games uh, and 950 915 yards, eight touchdowns. For, and that's pretty impressive, especially at Narbonne. Especially yeah, he was for, averaging one 101.7 yards per game. And, and the thing, and the thing about it too, Narbonne runs an up tempo spread offense, so. That's uh that that that's very you know that's very impressive especially for somebody like him, um for like like Joshua Jackson Jr. But the one thing you saw was that you saw um Kyle Ford, you saw Kyle Ford who was very happy about it, and you saw Bryce Young who was very happy about it as well. But I think something that um as far as I know of. I think Bryce Young and Joshua Jackson Jr. were on the same seven-on-seven team. I believe. I, I think they were on because Joshua Jackson Jr. is on a premium nine. I believe. Now, I, I don't quote me on that because um, Young could be playing on the modern-day seven-on-seven team, the uh, the BSN team. So he could be on that, but. What a lot of people don't know is that um, is that Bryce Young's been doing a lot of recruiting. He's been doing a lot of recruiting for USC. USC, or not USC, but um, Adidas held a seven-on-seven uh, tournament at El Camino College two weeks ago. Matter of fact, the same week of the um, the same the same day, we were at the USC UCLA baseball game, 
airs a seven-on-seven tournament. Bryce Young was there, and from what I've heard, he's been doing a lot of recruiting for USC. He's been talking to a lot of the top receivers, a lot of the top prospects, trying to get these guys to come to USC with them. Yeah, so far, the 2020 class is only Bryce Young, Josh Jackson, and Parker Lewis, the kicker out of Arizona. And Dana, you're more up to speed with the uh, – the recruiting front than than I am right now. What is it looking like right now for USC? Because I know they they've had a lot of guys come in, or they had a lot of top recruits come to the uh, scrimmage on Saturday. So what is it looking like? Yeah, uh, the the wide receiver, uh, Juniper Sarah Levon Bunkley Shelton was on campus. Um, we USC offered a four star. Uh, cornerback out of Folsom, Daniel Nagata. Um, they also offered recently a cornerback, four-star out of La Habra, Clark Phillips, the third. Um, they offered actually um, DJ, DJ, uh, I'm going to butcher his last name, Ungalele. Uh, his little brother in eighth grade, who's a um, who, who's only in eighth grade. He's six four, two hundred thirty five pounds. That's an eighth grader. Is, yeah, and this is his third third D one offer is from USC, which I'm not shocked. His brother's a monster. I mean, if you're six eight and you weigh that much and everything, I mean, come on now, <laughs> that's a grown man. That's not an eighth grader. That's a grown man. But, I mean, USC, again, it's early in the process. These are verbal commits. Things tend to change. We've seen it before. You know, things tend to change with with these guys. Uh, Again, they are kids. So, I mean, as a kid, you're going to change your mind so many times, you know. But, uh, again, it's a good pickup for USC. USC is getting after it on the recruiting end. I think the fact that you you brought in Graham Harrell, and now they run an offense that helps, you know, that that's more, ex- I, I, I don't want to say explosive, but it's player friendly. And granted, it's going to depend on what USC does, too. If the off, if USC is putting up points, I think every kid in the nation or every kid in California is going to want to go, look, I may want to go to you. I want to go to USC and, and have a, you know, a chance at that. Not only that, but for receivers, it's a prime time because there's a lot of, it's a lot of um, spots it, open. It, it's a lot of spots open, you know, especially at wide receiver, especially at wide receiver. And then you got one of the top quarterbacks recruiting you. You have, you know, yeah, you, you have Bryce Young who, and everybody, and I think everybody who's listening to this podcast knows I've been on the Bryce Young train for what a year now. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I think before JT Daniels ended up coming, before JT Daniels came, I was on the Bryce Young hype train. And Dina can quote me on it. Dina is actually a witness to this. And heard me say, and heard me say USC needs to bring in Bryce Young. USC needs to get Bryce Young. So I'm just saying, been on that Bryce Young hype train for a while. But... In all reality, though, um, I, I think 
USC starting to uh, to pick up some momentum. The one recruit I think USC needs to get is uh, Justin Flo, the the linebacker out of um, the linebacker out of um, out of uh, out of um, um, where is he out of? Goodness, Upland. There we go. Out of Upland. Um. I think USC. That's the big. That's the big target they want to get. But again, young recruiting. You know. You know you have you have Bryce Young recruiting for you. That helps out, especially with one of the top quarterbacks in the right. nation. Yeah, um, we have um, um, another recruit that's kind of feeling USC right now. The running back uh, out of Clovis, Kendall, Mil- Kendall Milton, five-star running back, still uncommitted. The number two uh, running back in the nation. So, I think Malapai and Malapai is a s- junior or senior this year. He's a he's a junior. Malapai is, cool. is a junior who's draft eligible, and Carr is a junior. Is a tr- is a uh, a junior. Both. Both draft eligible, so that leaves Step and um, um, the, 2019, the 2019 running back we just brought in. Um, so that's only – there's not that many scholarship running backs, honestly, right now. And granted, USC had depth at running back. USC had depth at running back. And I think that's what you're trying to get – you're trying to get a lot of depth. But I think a lot of these guys, especially at wide receiver, or not wide receiver, but at running back, they're waiting to see how the offense runs. And how right. it Yeah, how that affects their their game plan, of course. Yeah. Um, Keenan Christian was the running back we just brought in in the class of 2019. Yeah, I think they're waiting to see. Because if it's because they said it's not going to be a true air raid, but everybody's waiting to see how it is, how it's going right. to be. So that's what I think that's what Milton is going to see is, is observe and see. But again, you know, it's some excitement. It's a different feel at practice right now. And I think if, if recruits are feeling that you can pull, they'll pull in a lot of recruits. So it's just a wait and see moment. Um, before we before we get off, uh, USC ended up high, getting a new president. And what is it, Caroline Polk? Yes, she is from the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Yep. Um, USC's first female president. And and the thing is, she dealt with, uh, especially with the academic scandal going on, she dealt with scandals before, uh, done a good job at North Carolina. Uh, Quick thoughts on on her. What, What do you think? I've, I didn't really follow her. I mean, I don't really have an opinion right now. I don't really know. I mean, I've all the, I've only heard good things about her, so I didn't I didn't I wasn't like following her before this announcement. So I I think it's kind of hard to follow presidents yeah. like that. But I like you said, uh, like you, I've heard some good things about her. I've heard you know everyone's like, well, what is she like fundraising? Why? 
fundraising she does well, but she also puts the well-being of her students and uh and really and athletics an athletic department. That, yeah. Um so and hopefully so she'll let Lynn Swan go. And I think <laughs> with the incompetence of Lynn Swan right now, I think that's something she'll look at. Um she comes in the office July first. And I think she'll give this year I, I, and I'm just don't nobody hate me for this, but if I, I was her my first call would be the Lynn Swan. Yeah, I think the first call will be well, I think honestly, and we gotta be and we gotta be honest with this here. I think the first call is gonna end up being it, it, her first order is gonna be taking care of this athletic or this this academic scandal and all of that, all the scandals that's rocked USC because you gotta put the well being of the students first. All right, but that I encompasses think, athletics because it was. Yeah, it, it ties into athletics, but I'm just saying I think. I think that will be the first thing is dealing with the scandal. And then you're going to get around to Lynn Swan and go and address it from there. I think she's going to come in. She's going to give Lynn Swan a fair chance. Don't be surprised if Lynn Swan is here till July of 2020 or uh, until after football season. I think after fo- after football season this year, or or after or come the twenty twenty March Madness, if USC struggles, or if, if 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 things aren't going in the right direction, still, I think you'll that's where you'll see Lynn Swan go. That's what I think. Again, don't quote me on that because I I have no clue. I, I it's just a guess, but um. If I was her, if I was coming to a school that had such uh, negative press, athletics wise. Um, yeah, you would let I'd the bring in my, No, I'd bring in my own guy. I'd be like, sorry, but and that, I'm not that trying to get the, bogged down by this crap. That would be the easy call, but at the same time, it's the same thing when Hel or not Helton, but when um Hayden came in. Hayden gave you know Hayden gave Lane, Lane Kiffin a fair shot. You know. Yeah, but- there wasn't really scandals. It was just no. The team it wasn't performing bad. It, no, it wasn't. I think and it's different it was just with the a sanction. football coach and a team. I think it was losing the than it is with time. with a scan with all these scandals. Well, I think it was with the sanctions at the time, and the criticism at the time was Pat Hayden just let the in, just went okay NCAA. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. Because Garrett basically fought the NCAA and Folt battled the NCAA when the when the Carolina uh, in scandals and sanctions came down, so that was the big thing about that here. So it's a completely different ball game, as you said, as you mentioned. Um, how Folt handled this, we have to wait till July to see, because that's when she comes in, and that's when she's like officially in, but. She again, you get somebody with experience, has really no real ties to to USC. No, and she went to she transferred from a community college. So, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, she has no real ties to USC, which we which we asked for. We asked for somebody outside of USC to do who can do this, and fault is that. So, and she transferred from. Um... Community College to UC Santa Barbara. I got her BA and master's there and then her PhD at uh, UC Davis. 
Well, there you go, right there. <laughs> it's, it's very, I like her, because I transferred from community college, you don't really hear right. um, we, people we, high up who have who have that track record. Me and we both, we both did as well, you know, it's just, that's just how it is. And you like hearing stories like that, because you feel like you can relate to that. Right. You no, know? so. Shit, and you feel like, I mean, I don't know her background, but. She's not one of the hoity-toity elites. Exactly. When you which hear is, something like that, which is running rampant, which is running wild through yeah, colleges these days, especially through USC. Um, other than that, I think that'll be it for us today. Uh, you can be sure to to uh, to follow us on Twitter at um, S, at C Chronicles SBN. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt A Lowry. Follow me at Always Compete. And we are back on iTunes. Yes, that is correct. We are back on iTunes. We're, we're, after a brief hiatus. But now you can download from all your Apple products. You can download from your Apple products. We're on Spotify now as well again. Um, I'm sure we're on Google. I think we're back on Google Play. Because it's a... I think we're back on Google Play, so we're we're back on all of that. So be sure to download, give us a listen, rate us, um, and, and all of that good stuff. But um, until next week, take care and fight on, everyone. Fight on.